Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Via Williams. So one of our all-time favorite things uh, in the Empire Building crowd is travel. Yes. <laughs> travel yes, yes, fills yes. our souls. It gives us energy. It it keeps us, you know, in the moment and mindful. We get family mm. time. We get to meet new people, see new places. I could go I mean, on and on, right? <laughs> on and on and on and on. We all love travel. I think yes. it's like one of our one of our things, right? And uh, you know, sometimes we we get it doing conferences. A lot of us travel around to conferences. For my job, I travel around for conferences. Yeah. But we also, all of us do family travel trips, um, solo adventures. I'm doing my first solo adventure coming up. I was just telling Seychelles, which I'll talk about, um, and all things in between, really. Like sometimes we do it with one kid, sometimes with all kids, sometimes mm-hmm. with our spouse, without kids, you know, you name it, right? So um, we're going to talk about some of the favorite places we've visited. I've I've visited over 35 countries. So do you know how many countries you've visited? No, I know it's over 15, but I'd have to go back and like, I know it's at least 15, but I haven't tracked it beyond well, that. That's yeah. Cool. The only reason mine is so high is that um, a lot of you guys don't know this about me. So fun fact, when I was 29 and my husband was 31, we um, kind of sold most of our possessions at the time. We were not homeowners mm. yet. And we traveled around the world for a year. So we hit most of the major continents with the exception of South America. We didn't really hit Europe that much. And mm-hmm. that trip alone, I, I can't remember now, but I think it was 20-something countries. I can't remember the number. Wow. And uh, had the time of our lives. We were gone for about 11 months. And funny, mm. we, we came home. We used to call it the BK trip before kids trip. But we came <laughs> home, and I kid you not. So we got home February, like, 20th, and I was pregnant with our first Michael, like, May. I mean, it, like, Oh, we my gosh. Clean. I know. <laughs> I know. And you I got, was 30. It's like you got the travel bug out of your system for a little bit. Yeah. It was oh, perfect. that's so cool. Well, yeah, so and you we'll, know, the, I just think that's freaking awesome. It's like yeah. something everyone dreams to do. And for you guys to be able to do that is just, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It was awesome. It really changed the way I looked at the world. It it made me, I mean, it just shaped, it shaped a lot of things in my life after that, after that yeah. moment, you know? Um, and, and in fact, it's funny that we're talking about it because I think that that was one of the things that shaped my philosophy that every trip is three trips. We've talked about this before. You and I mm-hmm. talked about this in our Upper Limit episode. But but to me, there's three parts to every trip. There's the pre, during, and the post. So the, you know, the pre-trip would be the just that planning and the, that anticipation and the excitement mm-hmm. all of it, you know, as you're planning what, what itineraries you're going to do and what you know, tours in some cases you're going to do and what you're going to see. All of that is just awesome. And um, I think part of the enjoyment overall of the trip. And then the second one is the trip itself, which, you know, hopefully you're you're having a thoroughly amazing time. And then mm. the third is just the the post, you know, after the trip, the memories and and reliving it, you know, and having those experience yeah. uh, experiences. So I think I think every part of it is precious. You know, I just love travel. It's such a privilege um, for us to be able to do that. So I'm excited to talk about this today. 
I am too. You know, and I, I owe you a big thank you because on our Upper Limit episode that we did, um, you really helped me be in the moment on the pre when I was having like panic moments. And I found after we recorded that episode, I was so much more present and excited and in the moment and allowed myself permission to be excited for that trip. And uh, it really changed my perspective on the whole pre part. And so I just, I want to give you a big thank you because that was a gift oh, to me that you, you gave me um, from that episode that really helped me. And I want you all to know we're being very intentional when with you, when you guys are getting this episode because um, I'm so excited. Um, in just a couple weeks, our Her Best Life annual retreat is coming up. And so um, if you're coming and joining us, um, which we would love to have you either this year or next year, I think we're sold out for this year. So if someone is selling their ticket, you might be able to get on the wait list for that. But Either way, if you're coming this year or next year, we would love to have you, and these might help you maximize your time with us um, and also maximize your packing and planning for it too. So let's dive right on in. Yep, let's do it. So what's number one, Seychelles? So number one is planning your travel. And um, this is both planning where you're going, but also when you're going to go. And so yeah. one of the things that a lot of us do um, that is so helpful is usually the fall before the next year. So like October, November, December, we're having family meetings, talking about what the next year looks like. We take a look at conference schedules. Um, I know all of us were just talking about um, our her best life for 2023, like our next year's worth of travel. Um, that we're working to protect on our calendar, kids' school schedules. Um, you know, we're looking at trips that we want to take as family. And so we're really taking a look at the full calendar year and really working to plan when do we want to be out of town, where is that, and then what type of trips, if we're taking leisure trips or play trips, what type of a trip is that? Um, Nick and I learned early on in our marriage that I defined um, everywhere we went as a vacation, and he defined being on a beach as a vacation and anything that required like yeah. lots of movement was a trip. I'm and a, that was I'm so helpful for us. 100%. Yeah, I... Yeah. I, well, I didn't understand we'd get back from like skiing and I'd be like, that was such a great vacation. And he'd be like, that was not a vacation. I need, like, a, I need like, a vacation, vacation for my from trip. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, what? We just had the yeah. best time. And so defining those for us really helped us then be mindful of like, we need a beach. We need a, like a trip. Like you can do both of those. So well, yeah, I loved that. Yeah, like we, when we, when we structured our around the world trip, um, uh, I think I'll just weave that in, in you know, in yeah, the please. Episode because I think it's awesome. Because we had a year to play with, and we were really intentional. I say we; it's really me that planned it. Um, I was really intentional about this is going to be really hard travel. Like I, re I remember going from um, Israel. We took a bus, and mm. then we took like a you know bus ferry, if you will, over the Suez Canal. Got into Cairo. I just knew that. I knew that we were going to have like some. Um, it was just going to be kind of like more intense travel during that. You know, we yeah. went down to Aswan and whatever. So when we flew into, I think we flew into um, Zambia after that. Mm. And the first thing we did was go up to Big Falls and have like almost like a chill vacation before we were going to hit it again and all the safaris, right? And then we, you know, then we went into Dalat and then we had a week after all of our, I think we spent six or eight weeks in the whole like four or five countries in South Africa. Then we went to Mauritius for a week and just mm -hmm. chilled. So I was super purposeful about, about kind of peppering in vacations yeah. from heavy duty trips. Cause man, you need them. I remember, um, yeah. coming into, we just, it was pretty intense going from Israel to Cairo at the time. Yeah. And we got into Cairo at like 11 at night. And, um, and we were, we were backpackers and we had a, you know, we had yeah. to do this thing on a budget 
And I remember they dropped us off and and you could see a Hilton. I mean, like just right down mm-hmm. the road. And this is like 11 mm-hmm. o'clock at night at Cairo. If any mm-hmm. of you have been to Cairo, you know, not the most awesome city in my opinion. And, um, and so uh, I just said, hey, we're going to the Hilton. And so we had yeah. a little reprieve after staying in all these hostels and everything for a couple of weeks, being on a bus for like 18 hours. I don't remember how long it yeah. was. Um, we like uh, like enabled ourselves to stay at the Hilton in Cairo for three or four days, which almost felt like a little mini vacation in the drudgery of the trip part of it. So I'm a big believer in that. I love that. Well, and I, I think that counterbalance is something that you're you have a superpower on. Mm-hmm. And being able to really maximize that planning. So for you know, if we're talking about like you've looked ahead, you know what conferences you may be traveling to, what you know retreats or what you know trips or vacations you're taking as a family. Let's talk about number two, which is you know booking your travel and saving money to maximize your budget as you are planning. What are some of the things that that you guys do to help with that? Yeah, I'm a big, big believer in airline. Um, I any t- I will not take an airline trip without signing up for their loyalty program because immediately yeah. start getting at the very least emails of their specials, and then mm-hmm. usually one flight gets you something. I mean, they want to get you into yeah. their system. Like their goal is to get you loyal. So, like when we went to Dubai and Maldives, we flew um, business class one way on Air Emirates, and I made a huge mistake. I was like, oh, I'm going to get Alaska Airlines miles. I'm not going to get Emirates miles. Big, huge mistake Mm. because I didn't end up getting the right credit on Alaska. Plus, I already Mm. hit MVP. Like, I just screwed up. So my my lesson from that is always get points and loyalty. Always sign up for the airline that you're going to fly on. That's a big one for me. That's a good one. You know, one thing we learned is like, so American Airlines is based in Dallas. So, you know, it may or may not be everyone's favorite airline, but it is the one that flies out of our, you know, hub the most. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, because of that, we have like our credit card with points on that from that one because that hub is the closest to us with the most amount of flights from American. And so when we travel, that like credit card gives you access to the Admirals Club and everything else. One thing I discovered though is if you aren't flying on that airline, sometimes that credit card won't allow you into the um, yes. VIP lounges. Mm-hmm. And true. so sometimes you can call ahead and just get like a, a workaround with it. And so that's one thing that I've started doing is just calling ahead, being like, hey, we're, you know, we have the car, we're priority, you know, or whatever, gold, what, you know, call it whatever you want. Um, you know, is there a way for us to get a, a pass to be able to use for the VIP lounge before you have a layover or a long flight? So that's something that really helps. Um, another thing too is like setting up a Google flight tracker. If you know your dates ahead of time, to be able to watch the flight prices. So when they dip, you can book then instead of maybe booking at peak times. Yeah, I also, I subscribe to this, it's called Scott's Cheap Flights, and I think there's other ones, but it basically gives you alerts when when random flights dip. So like, I was just looking at like England for like $400, and admittedly, you know, you have to have some flexibility to use, but there's a lot of really cool aggregators like that, who for a small fee will give you really good deals on flights, and so I love that. And I just also wanted to add, I think it's probably undisputed, the best credit card for travel is American Express, because if you have a Centurion card and different cards, you know, you usually you have access to the American Express Lounge. Yep. Um, as, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And so, some airlines, if you fly first class, you get access to their lounge. Sometimes right. you don't. Sometimes yeah. if you get the upgrade, you don't get access. So having an American Express card is really great, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with that. One other thing we just discovered this summer um, when we were traveling internationally is making sure you understand what the rules are for entering and exiting countries, but also like 
we didn't realize we just came back from Amsterdam and um, they're having huge labor shortages at the airline, um, at all the airports. And so when we left Amsterdam, we had to give ourselves three and a half to four hours at the airport instead of your normal two to two and a half because we had to go through three hour long lines and we had like, you know, clear and priority and name all the things. Um, and it still took us almost three hours to get through mm-hmm. security. So really double check as you're flying internationally right now and planning, make sure you're giving yourself enough time between travel and travel to the airports because it's very different than it was even for us a couple of years ago, um, traveling pre-COVID. So that was a big difference too. Um, super, the other one I like smart. is like searching for airlines. I promise. I feel like they have like cameras watching you or something while you're tra- looking for flights. Cause it's like no sooner than you look and you're going to go back and book the flight that it's jumped $300 a flight. So I do search for my flights in incognito window, um, like oh, a Google smart. incognito window instead of just on my regular browser. Um, because I found that for some reason, uh, magically the flight, the flight prices don't seem to jump as much when we're, you know, looking to book within a couple of days of, of searching for the initial flights. I would not have. A, that's really, really smart. I love that. All right. That, all right. I actually, so that, all the credit goes to Nick on that. He really figured that out, if we're going to be honest. Smart. So he's the hacker. with there, There's people. a lot of ways, you know, I think, to to save money. One of them, lastly, and then we'll move on to, um, to mm-hmm. our next one, is um, domestically, I don't know if you guys know this. Someone taught me this years ago, though. Um, most business or many business travelers book their flights within 14 days. So there is a definite mm-hmm. price increase that happens when you're sub 14 days. You'll see prices shoot up for a flight. So the more in advance you can get them, usually it's a little bit lower in price. The exception can be at the last minute. So while while they'll open it up 14 days, if they're not filling a flight, then Mm. it can sometimes open up at the last minute. So there is a more expensive Mm. window and it's always when I want to go book it because I'm about that person that right around 14 (laughs) days before I I better book that flight. So I mean, just heads up on that. If you're a frequent flyer like I am, um, Alaska, I'm in Seattle and Alaska has out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Most of my mm-hmm. domestics are out of Seattle. So what I kind of have the ability to do, because I'm so high in status, is I can kind of book a bunch of flights and cancel them and I don't get penalized. Yes. So, you know, that is a benefit to being a loyal, um, being a loyalty member of some mm-hmm. airlines. I mean, to me, I mean, I'll mm-hmm. often have two or three flights booked because I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. constantly in flux on my travel. I have a meeting come yeah. up or, you know, whatever. So... Totally fair. And if it's like, I've yeah. discovered too, if it's a really long flight, whether it's like, I mean, you're sometimes flying from like Florida last January for Empire Circle, like from Seattle, it's a huge flight. It's basically like, you know, traveling to Europe from us, um, you know, upgrading your seat, if it's going to be that long of a flight, sometimes it's just worth it. Like you're, you don't get yeah. out feeling like you're unfolding your body out of a chair. So that's worth yeah, the I have rules sometimes for that. if it's a long if- flight. If first class is, you know, I don't know, it kind of it can kind of vary, but if it's if it's like a hundred dollars, maybe a hundred and fifty, sometimes two hundred more, depending, I'll just go ahead and buy it. The other yeah. the other thing that you may or may not know is often you'll get doubled points or at least increased points on your loyalty mm-hmm. program if you go ahead and buy first class. What happens to me now because I'm so high in status on Alaska is I do finally I've hit the point where I get a lot of upgrades, Aww. but the longer the haul, the less likely the upgrade. And so so that is 1,000% the time to splurge, especially when you live in Seattle. I mean, like it, yeah. like going to the East Coast is the same as a lot of you East Coasters flying to Europe for me. So I know. 
Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. So let's talk about number three, which is packing and fashion and all the hacks to get all your stuff into the suitcase that you're taking with you. <laughs> One of my yeah. favorites is I use um, for conferences or for like travel, I do use Rent the Runway or like a subscription where I can basically pick up my wardrobe. It gets shipped to me. It's already dry cleaned. I literally throw it in the suitcase and then I ship it back and I don't have to clean it after it's done. Like I love that. It makes it so easy. My outfits are already picked out and it's just done. So that's one of my all-time favorite ones. Um, but if you're not doing that, there's some other ideas if you're bringing your own stuff. Yeah, I mean, my, you know, just just starting really basic, uh, all black. <laughs> I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, when it, no, I'm not, if you're going to the Sahara Desert, don't bring all black. But I mean, in general, like, mm-hmm. I think that the easiest hack is to just, you know, pack a bunch of black things, you know, because it's just, it's just easier that way. It's easy. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I love that. Um, you know, I love Ex Officio brand. I love it. Okay, I'm just going to say I love it for their underwear because it's, it, it's a dry, fast underwear. And so I often will bring laundry packets if I'm going like on a trip we're talking like a trip like my husband and I are talking about going to Africa next year so I don't want to fill you know my (laughs) backpack suitcase yeah with 20 pairs of underwear so um, I'll bring laundry packets sometimes so I love travel underwear a little TMI but there you go that's just how we roll hey someone is is, like thank you for that (laughs) I just ordered those so (laughs) they're really good they're really really good but the other thing I like too is often if I'm going like hey Seychelles like on a pleasure trip. I mean, I want to read. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we can bring a Kindle instead of like five thick, you know, heavy mm-hmm. books, right? So I mm-hmm. I do think that's another really good good hack too. That's a really good one. We just did um two and a half, almost three weeks between London, Paris, and then a bike and barge trip in the Netherlands, which are three very like I was teaching in London and then we were in Paris, which is very different climate that then having to do like a biking excursion in the Netherlands. And one thing I did was I found um a stylist that would do an like video consult with me where I just laid out a ton of stuff and she helped me put together because I backpacked. So, you know, I just took my backpack. And so I, um, she helped me kind of piece together enough for, you know, 20 days of a trip where we weren't having to do laundry every five seconds um, on the trip and kind of piece it together. And so, you know, for a hundred bucks that helped a ton and maximizing what we already had in our closet to really, you know, maximize space and not have to, not have to take extra time on our travel. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I um, I have used the vacuum pack travel cubes mm-hmm. before. Um, I don't know. I mean, that th- that's a little overkill to me. It kind of feels a little overkill now in my old age. I just don't bring as much. I just yeah. honestly don't bring <laughs> as much. And the other thing about you know, I talk about laundry packets. Most hotels will do laundry for you. I just I've just mm-hmm. gotten to the stage in life where I'm just shipping them off to get done. And, and a lot of the times yeah. it's done in 24 hours. And you know, I just it's so I don't fast. Know. It's, it's so, so fast. fast. And yeah, I just budget it amazing. in. It just is what it mm-hmm. is. I just rather travel lightly and, and do that. So that's yeah. the big thing, travel lightly. One word um, I will say is because of the, the you know, lack of personnel that's kind of like universal right now, mm-hmm. checking bags is taking a long time and a little more risky. And so this is kind of the time to figure out how to do carry on because, I mean, like I'm traveling next week and I do not want to check a bag because I, I'm just worried it's going to take an hour on the other end to get my bag with, with you know, staffing so low. So, you know, that's just something to think about as you guys think about time. All right, so um, let's, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Let's move into, um, you had some really good tips on like maximizing our trip. Let's go into maximizing yeah. our trip. Well, you know, 
we have an eight-year-old right now. And so one of the things that I was keenly aware of, especially when we were taking this last Europe trip, is like she's actually going to remember the photos more than she's going to remember probably a lot of the experiences that we had um, as she gets older. Because it's just, you know, it's an age where your memories form, but it, it you just don't remember as much. And so I like laid the ground rules out with everyone ahead of time where I was like, I'm going to be asking you to pose for cute pictures and I'm going to be taking lots of pictures because I want you to remember this trip. I want you to go back and be able to have memories of it. And so um, I feel like that cut down for me with the kids staring at you with like the dead eyes going like, not another picture. (laughs) Trying to set that that up front and just being like, I'm going to do this. And you're just going to have to bear with me because we're going to have a great time and have lots of memories. Um, The other thing I realized was like our cell phone switched from like 5G to 2G service in Europe or internationally, really wherever you go. And so on Google Maps and the app, you can actually download an entire map area of a place mm. ahead of time. And so like I downloaded the entire city of London and saved it as a map. And I went ahead and saved on there like our addresses for like dinner reservations or where I had to teach or where our hotels were. Um, and so I saved those um, for each of the cities we were in. So that way, if we got there and we didn't have service, I wasn't panicking about trying to find Wi-Fi and figure out where we were heading. We kind of already had a baseline then of how to get places, even if it was a little clunky, um, to not have to spend a lot of time, you know, juggling the infrastructure of a new city, which was really helpful. I did not know you could do that. That's really cool. It's really cool. And then you can share it with people too. So if you're traveling with a group, you can share that map with everybody else, which is kind of fun too. I think the only thing I would add here, and it's just like a, um, it's just a, it's just my problem. (laughs) Um, But but travel and vacation is really one of the the most times you're going to find me completely engaged and mindful and in the moment, right? Not proud of that. I just, I'm easily distracted when I'm kind of on a typical weeknight and I don't know, it's just how I'm wired. Like I work a lot, right? And so vacations and travel, um, and I'm talking about personal travel, obviously not a a conference, are the one time that I really um, don't have my phone, you know, on and I'm not looking at it a lot at all times. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to do that. Uh, There have been times in my life where as a hack, I've gone on cruises or, you know, I went to the Maldives. I went Mm -hmm. to places that I knew would have very limited Mm self-service, sort of on purpose. You know, it kind Mm -hmm. of sometimes takes that for me to unwind. I find after a day or two, I take to it like white on rice. I'm fine. Yeah. Really, it's great. It it takes takes a couple days, though, to decompress. It does for me, too. And actually, this is a hack from our friend Sue Adler. She forwards her cell phone to her office when she's out on those types of vacations or trips. And I did that this summer. And it was awesome. <laughs> well, so, yeah, because at the end of the day, our friends are texting more than they're calling. And so, yep. honestly, the people that are calling are probably business-related, at least for a lot of uh-huh. us. And so, that, that I have done that before. It works really well. And then, you know, what will happen is your friends will text and say, hey, I called and it went to your assistant. And then you just call them. That's how you handle that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah. next up we have... Um, you're coming home. You've maximized your trip. You've had the very best time. It's been amazing. You're coming home. What are some of the things you do to like kind of help um, like ease the re-entry back into the world? 
Well, I think we can all agree. Like everybody aspires to be that person who comes back from vacation with a day or two to spare before you go mm-hmm. back to work. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's this ongoing debate. It's like, do you do you squeeze the every ounce of juice out of that lemon and come home at the yeah. very bitter end and just deal with the consequences at work sometimes? Yes. Like, if you don't have mm-hmm. as much time off, I'm all for that, right? I'd rather just, uh, yes. yes, it's going to be a tough week at work, but I'm going to have, you know— 10 days in Hawaii versus eight, right? Sometimes right. in your life, though, you're like, no, that's legit not worth it. I'd rather have mm-hmm. seven or eight days, you know, wherever I'm going, and then be able to come back, do the laundry, get the house settled, you know, prepare mm-hmm. for my next day at work. So, you know, it can go either way. I don't know if there's a right or wrong, but I think it's ideal, right, if you have time yeah. built in. Yeah. The, the couple of things I love to do is if we're traveling, I will I will book a trip from a Saturday to a Saturday instead of a like Saturday to Sunday just to give that Sunday to adjust. Yeah. Um, but a few things that I, I like if I if I'm like really on my A game and I'm working to get back there because you know like I feel like the world has been a little crazy the last couple of years. So these are great reminders as you're readjusting back into more regular travel. Um, is like having grocery delivery or meals pre-planned for the week after you get back and just going ahead and having groceries delivered like a little while after you get home. So you don't have to think about that. Um, And then also look at your schedule the week after you get home and make sure you haven't punished yourself for taking the trip by coming back and Monday morning at 7 a.m. you have a call and you are just like, what is happening right now? Like make sure you're allowing yourself a a hot second of a re-entry to get yourself organized and put together before you're off to the races. So usually when I'm planning travel, I'll look at the week that I'm moving stuff and then that next Monday or the next business day to kind of make sure I'm adjusting that a little bit so I don't just smack myself in the face coming back in. And that helps That's a, a lot good point. Too. I should have said that, especially especially day one. I am careful about Man. that. I, I Yeah. Agree. You know, I've never oh, yeah. had groceries delivered like that. That's really smart. I've done oh, it. it's the Funny best. enough, when I've gone to vacation, like I've had them yeah. delivered yeah. there, but it's really smart mm-hmm. having them delivered when you get well, back. Well, and sometimes like if you're flying home, you can even put the grocery delivery order order in while you're on the plane on the way home Mm -hmm. and so or have an assistant do it so that's kind of a nice thing too okay so switching gears for a hot second before we let you guys go today and that is we're going to do some rapid fire favorite places we've been so if you're needing some inspiration for your travel juices um you've got a couple of ideas to put on your this is so hard for me okay i know i I know down but i know i know i know okay okay so let's do beach if you're going to a beach and it's going to be amazing where are you going well, international or domestic? Give me both. Um, okay. So international, it's it's Maldives would be my okay. first. But Amazing. Okay. Bora Bora is a very close second. I, I think out of the two destinations I've been to in the world, and I've been to a lot, those are amazing. Like like the the snorkeling is unbelievable in Thailand. Like I mm. loved Koh Phi I loved Koh Samui. I loved, you know, all of that area. Um, I think that like, you know, um, Port Douglas, Can, Con, however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. and the Great Barrier Reef is amazing for snorkeling and beaches too. That's a hard one. That's super hard. What about that is you? Tough. What about you? Um, so if it's domestic, it, I'm going to be controversial and say um, Lake Michigan actually has some of the best beaches. Um, they're huge. It's freshwater up in northern Michigan. And um, it's amazingly enough, like if you look at the East Coast, we just had a couple friends come up here and visit us. And they were like, oh, my gosh, this beach has no one on it. Like compared to when you're looking at like some of the East and West Coast ones that just get overcrowded. There's like, Mm -hmm. you'll have stretches of miles where there'll be like 
30 people across the whole area, you know? And so you really get it like to yourself, which is amazing. Um, If I'm going international, I know this is going to sound cheesy, but I'm a big fan of um, my namesake, the Seychelles. Um, That's not cheesy at all. I haven't been there yet. You got to go. It's it's very, um, it's it's compared to the Galapagos, honestly. If you've been to the Galapagos, it's kind of a similar feel where it's got the big, huge boulders, white sandy beaches, crystal clear water, and palm trees. It's just, it's what I love about it. There's one island called Ladique that has no cars on it. It's all either oxen cart or bike. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it life slows down and it's just, it's beautiful. Okay. So if you're taking like Let's say you're taking a trip trip. So we've we've done our vacation and now we're going to go on a trip. What What's a fun trip for you? Where are you going? I know. And this is, again, like so hard for me to, <laughs> to like hone it down. But okay, some of our favorites are we love South Africa. Love, love, love it. We, awesome. I love, I love Cape Town. I love the the wine area, which is like Stellenbosch, mm. Franchoik. And I love the garden route. Um, I love it. I love That's the safaris there. And then that yet. whole region, like just wrapping in like Namibia is unbelievably mm. amazing we we like went sledding down sand dunes we went to um old mining towns that were like ghost towns Ugh. that were filled with sand I mean, unbelievable we went, you know ATVing it's like we went on scenic flights like incredible and again same region um we went to Botswana and did like um cut out canoe they're called Makoro uh safaris in the Okavanga Delta which floods wow. once a year it was it, it was incredible experiences where we, wow. we we camped and oh god I love 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 it there but but uh we also second um we love New Zealand I mean, loved mm. New Zealand. Probably spent four or six weeks there. I can't remember. And we did both islands. And I cannot rave about it enough. Like, we we went in in caves and with headlamps mm. on and saw glowworms. I mean, who does that? We we I, I can't so even express all the cool things we did there. It's I love I, and I have more, but I'll I'll stop talking so you can talk. No, those are good. Those are no two good ones. I. I mean, I wouldn't have put, so I wouldn't have thought to put Botswana on a South Africa trip. So already I'm like adding to my list. Oh, well, that whole definitely, region. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, Victoria Falls and all that I wanted to add on there, but I love that you've, I'm going to be calling you and we need to, to book that because I'm glad to know oh, you. I, I didn't know there. that you spent time there and now I do. So I learned something new about you today. Um, if I'm going on a trip trip, so one place we loved was Santiago, Chile. Um, I'm I going. It. it is. Oh, it's beautiful. I, that's my next it's trip. Beautiful. I'm going next month. Yeah. It is Amazing. so pretty, and um, the coast is like Renyaka and Konkon on the coast right along there, all these cliffs. It's almost like um, uh, Greece, oh, cool. where you have all these um, ho- like houses and hotels built into the cliffs there, like an hour outside of um, Santiago. But it's just, it's. I was amazed at how, um, it actually feels like Europe, honestly, in South America. It's crazy. I can't wait. So um, my my marathon I'm doing, it's on September 10th, is in the Torres del Paine. Is del Pen? I don't know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. And National Park. And so I'm flying into Santiago and then hopping oh, on another it. flight there. So, oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for yeah, if you get, Are you going to have time in Santiago yeah, too? Or no? I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's great. The, f- the food's great. Um, the people are great. It was just, it was wonderful. I actually was in a 7.2 uh, magnitude earthquake on the coast there. That is not great. So that was, that was terrifying. Um, but you know that what? Their infrastructure is built with so much reinforced steel. No one was like freaking out. I was oh. freaking out. But um, maybe it's also because my Spanish is not as good as my French. And so screaming about earthquakes and, you know, like French does you no good in a Spanish-speaking country. So, um, but it was, it was, even with that, it was amazing. Um, we just, I've been twice to Prague. I would go back t- 10 more times. I just love that city. It's just, 
like it's so neat, so much like the underground, like all the restaurants and pubs and like exploration underground. It's one of the only cities that was not really just demolished during World War II. And so, so much of the original infrastructure of Europe is there that it's just so rich in history. I just, I love it. I love the people. It's awesome. And then we just got back from a really unique experience with my whole in-law family on a bike and barge um, trip where we took a barge, like a boat through the canals of the Netherlands and saw where all of my husband's family was from because they're um, second and third generation here. And so we saw where their family like, you know, hid arms during World War II and where people had farms. And it was just, it was really neat. We met up with some like second and third cousins of his parents and it was just amazing. And there was like this experience where you're going through the canals and you're below sea level and they have all the, you know, like dune grass or all the grasses. And these sailboats would come rolling down the canals, but from a distance, it looks like they're just floating on the grass because you can't see the canal because it's so low. It was just like gorgeous. It was the farms were beautiful. The people were wonderful. It was just awesome. Awesome, You know, I've always wanted to do that in France and that's really cool to do it there. I've really always wanted to do that. That's And you had your own barge. We had our own barge. And so we had like breakfast on the boat and we packed a lunch and then we biked 25 miles and then, or 20, yeah, well, 15 to 20 miles. And then you, you know, eat dinner on the boat at night and we would then go explore all the towns during the day. And it was just, it was so neat to get to just go through all these itty bitty little Mm -hmm. towns that, you know, if if I was just going to Amsterdam or I was just going to the bigger cities, you wouldn't get to see. And so I I love when I can kind of get into a big city and then get off the beaten path into the local culture to experience how people really live there. And so that was just really special. It was something we really loved. Um, and I have to throw in one more for you, domestic, okay? I got to throw yeah. it in. I got to throw in um, skiing. I turned 40 this year. I want to be skiing in Telluride. That is on my list this year. Have um, you been? When I turned 40. Yes, it is. I haven't been. I grew up skiing the Rockies. It's my favorite ski town in the Rockies. It is awesome. just awesome. How about you? If you're going domestic, where are you going? Yeah, if we're going to float, I mean, like we, we own a, we've been going to Maui for years and I love, Mm -hmm. love, love Maui. I just love it for for Mm. a lot of things. It has, it has a lot of small town feels that you can go to, um, that, that aren't in the tourist destinations. And it has all the amenities of the tourist destinations. It has, you know, beautiful beaches. I, I just, I just love, I love Maui, but, um, you know, another place I would say it's probably kind of our special place is Pebble Beach, Carmel, Monterey. We lived there for almost three years in our twenties and I love it there. It's so pretty. I can't recommend it enough. If you are looking for just, oh God, there's so many really cool Airbnbs too now. Like back Mm -hmm. in the day, Airbnbs weren't really a thing, but now you can do them in Carmel and Pebble Beach and I love it there. It is beautiful. Yeah. We've done, um, in like October, we've done a couple family trips and rented an Airbnb out there with my parents. October. It was unreal. And like the Monterey Aquarium, if you have kids, it was so awesome. It was really great living there. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. That's so cool. (laughs) I mean, there's so many other places, but I mean, it's hard to narrow down. It really is. I know. It is. We want to hear your places. So we want you guys to tell us empirebuildingpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know, you know, um, if you have any travel tips, what your favorite places are. And also, you know, if you want to hear any episodes from us, right, Say? Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Well, thanks everybody for our fun little travel episode. It was a light one today, but it's our favorite topic. Like we love this topic. So hopefully (laughs) you do too. (laughs) Yeah. 
And hopefully we'll get to see you on some of our travels. So, I hope so. if you're a listener, we'd love to see you I too. So, so yep. y'all go build a big business and an even bigger life and get out there and go travel. Bye. Bye.